Welcome to another inspirational message from Northwest Church. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information on what your next step may be, please visit our website at northwestchurch.com.au. We believe, you know, prayer is such a powerful thing. And um, some of you, some of you be here for the first time. There's always someone here for the first time. And, but for me, I've been doing this like forever. Who said forever? You're, you're in the same category as Jaden. They um, been doing this a long time. Um, you know, you can get used to it. So, so like anything in life. And so why don't we pray? We need God. We need Him to work in our hearts. We need God's Word to work in our lives. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight. For every single person here, Lord, within the sound of my voice. And Father, we thank you for the Word of God. People paid a huge price to see this in our hands tonight, across the ages. People who have surrendered their lives. People who have sacrificed much. People who left everything behind to ensure that we would stand here in this day and in this hour able to unfold and unpack your word. And so we thank you for that ahead of time. And we pray to a wonderful work in people's hearts and minds and lives tonight. May everybody leave better. May everybody leave strengthened. May everybody leave helped, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Good. All right, take your seat. It's good to be, it's good to be with you. Let me read um, Romans from uh, the message. What is it? A paraphrase. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so so well adjusted to the culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. I love that. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. What a great idea to recognize what God wants and then let's not have a drawn out response to it. Unlike the culture around you, kids dinner. Unlike the culture around you, kids dinner. All right. Well, that was about as unholy as a pastor can get. If you have a child with you that's not in the kids' program, dinner is ready. (laughs) That's on me because they told me. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down uh, to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you. That's God's intent, to bring the best out of us, to place His best in us. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. What a great passage of the Bible interpreted there. But here's what I want to bring us to tonight. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to walk, work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. So few people get to live big, grand lives. And if, you know, if we're waiting to live a big, grand life in order to do something good with our life for God, something that matters, something that makes a difference, something worthy, something that is satisfying, something that pleases us. If we're waiting for that because we're going to live a big grand life, most of humanity would never do anything, would they? And I love the way it says here, hey, just take your everyday life, your ordinary, everyday life, and bring it before God. And one of the things it says here is, 
your going to work life. Many of us spend a lot of time at work, don't we? You're paying my bills, so I want you to know I spend a lot of time at work. You should pay me way more than you do. Not really. Oh, well, maybe. Yeah, it's a good idea. Let's work on that note. They are, you're going to work life. It's a big part of our lives. Whether you, uh, you know, stay at home parent or whether you have a full-time job or however it looks, our going to work life. And so last week, Brun talked about, we're doing a series called You and Your Stuff. It's highly practical. And she talked about finance, not about um, giving to God. She talked about debt and all that kind of thing and how to do it wisely. Looked at it from the scriptures. In fact, I was at a barbecue last night from two people who weren't here, one that doesn't even go to our church who listened to it on the podcast and they were just raving about the, uh, the message that Brum brought, uh, brought. And I thought, it's interesting, they didn't mention my message from the morning. I sort of bumped them and said, hey, what about the morning message? How good was that? No. no, they didn't mention it. So this week, if you're talking to someone, can you please mention the PM message because Bron spoke this morning and that it's important for my self-esteem. You and your stuff. So Bron talked about last week, if you have any challenge with your finance, um, listen to the podcast. It'd be great to do. And listen to the AM podcast. It was even better. But this week, I want to talk about you and your stuff. And we're going to talk about work. Work. Because... You know, in, the Jewish, in Jewish culture and in, in the ancient Jewish culture, when, when they didn't have a word for, um, you know, when we call things spiritual, like church is spiritual or whatever, you know, praying spiritual, they didn't actually have a word for spiritual. Why? Because everything's spiritual. They, 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 they were taught and perceived that their work was actually a spiritual act. And so tonight, as we come to the scriptures, um, uh, I want us to, um, here's the thought. There's more to your work than meets the eye. That's the thought. There's more to your work than meets the eye. Whatever you do, there's more to your work than meets the eye. And so I want to read to you from uh, the Bible, from Colossians chapter 3. I think it's coming up on the screen. Is it? Good, that's a better start than last week. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Verse 24, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Right there, in that moment, with those two verses, we change everything. Uh, whatever I'm doing for work, whatever it is, whether I'm a church pastor or when I was young, working for my uncle as a landscaper. Um, hard to believe, those of you who know me well, that I was a landscaper, isn't it? Very hard, a lot of grins. I was a very bad landscaper. I was a good worker and a bad landscaper. You would be grateful that I'm not doing your landscaping. Do your work... Um, oh, sorry, go back, verse 23. Whatever you do, work it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. I want to set this up by saying, hey, here's a great start. Oh, I love simplicity. Whatever you do, give it everything. I don't know how you approach your work. I don't know who you work for. But, you know, whatever you do, give it everything. I like that. That's the sort of... Spirit, if you're a follower of Jesus, that's the sort of worker God wants us to be. And um, I, I, I've had, we've had businesses and um, it's something about, you know, I always, I must admit, when I get a, have had a Christian worker who's poor, I'm like, what the heck? Do you read your Bible? Um, but then I've had Christian workers. We had Christian workers who were fantastic, best workers we ever had. They were just amazing. They just gave it everything they had. And then it says here, it says, you know, um, do it as unto the Lord or, or do it like you're serving Jesus with it. In fact, it goes on and says, you are serving Jesus with it. When I turn up for work, when you turn up for work, 
where actually, yep, we might be serving whoever we work for, but actually it's serving a higher purpose, a higher calling. It actually is what God uses. God's not looking to move. You know, sometimes where some people are waiting to be sent, you know, there's some far off place. And some people are waiting to go on their annual missions trip. Well, God, I think God's less interested in my missions trip, and I'm all for missions trips. Um, I think God's less interested in my missions trip as my mission field than when I wake up on Monday. When I go to Coles or when I work down at the landscape yard or whatever it is you do with your week, however that looks, I think he's way more interested in that and the fact that he's placed you there than he is in me going on an annual missions trip as much as I like going on my annual missions trip to Disneyland and all the good work we do there. Not really. Do your work willingly as though you were serving the Lord himself not just an earthly master. In fact, the Lord is the one you are really serving and know that he will reward you. I love that there's a double reward in your work. Underpaid by your boss? Well, there's a double reward. I don't know what that reward is. I don't know how that reward works, but I know there is one. There's way more to your work and my work than meets the eye. You know, for some of us, our work is way more significant than we realize. For some of us, we are way less a big deal than we think. Um, anyone watch Suits? Yeah, you're still going to heaven, and uh, so do I. And, um, but you know, Harvey, I must confess, if I could be like someone, it's probably Harvey, Sarah Bertram. Um, but he's way more impressed with who he is than he really should be. And some people, even Christians, are way more impressed with themselves and their work than they ought to. But we should realise that way more significant in a very different way is what we do. What you do, where you do it, the way we do it, it really, really does matter. So I'm going to talk about the why behind our work. Then we're going to talk about the how around our work. Just some thoughts tonight. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8. Um, anyone who does not provide for their relatives or families, depending on the version, and especially for their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. What do you reckon about that? God values work. He does. In one version, it says it's worse than an infidel. I like that. Because, you know, I don't know what your picture of an infidel I won't say what my picture of an infidel is in case that's your background and you're here for the first time and I'm going to offend you before you get a chance to know anything about Jesus. Worse than an infidel. But the other side of that is that God highly values us providing for our households. Like the flip side of that is that it's a big deal to God. God's not impressed. God... God values that the fact that you wake up every day that you do and go to work and work hard and provide for your household, whatever that household looks like. You know, he, he, he esteems that, he regards that uh, as a God who has placed us on the earth and made work part of the spiritual life. And so if you're working, if you're getting that right, well done, you're doing good, you're doing better than you think. God values that. He, he doesn't need me to do um, uh, sell five million albums. Could. But I haven't. I offered my services to the band, actually, before you all got here today, and they didn't take me up on it. I don't know what's going on there. So, so if you go, let's go, let's go and let's have some thoughts here. Uh, first, work supplies our household, and, and that's a positive, and, that's, and we're doing great um, just to be in that space. Um, if you listen to Bron's message from last week, it's not only about providing for today, but what that message will help you do is, is actually build the future. And we were disastrous at that. We were, you could not have been worse than that, Lee. I don't need a comment. I, you, don't, you could not have been worse at that than Bron and I. Seriously, there's no one in this room could have been much worse than that than, than Bron and I. But 
as you take hold of the scriptures, as you listen to wisdom, we certainly haven't perfected it and some people will think we're not even good at it because of how good they are, but you learn and you get better and it changes and you build a future. It, it starts with providing for now, but actually God wants it to build the future as well. And, and you and I live in a nation where that's possible. Not everyone gets that opportunity. So, so we want to make sure we take that. Whatever you do, give it everything. It's Jesus you are serving. Our work matters. Our work if we take hold of this verse here, these verses, is part of our worship. It, 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 as much as, you know, singing in four songs, which works or doesn't work for some of you, um, as much as that is something that most Christians who've been around a little while would recognise as worship, going to work and the way we work is a very, very big act of worship. It, it, the way we do that, I, would not, I personally wouldn't come in here, sit down, cross my hands, tap my foot and whistle like I was disinterested. Now, when I come in here, I come in here, I might lift my hands, I might not, but I'm going to raise my voice. I felt sorry for Christy sitting next to me because I got excited. You can't have um, Jeff Fulton back here and be standing there and not get excited as you worship Jesus. And, 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 and so I'm getting excited and she had to hear that. It's a, but it's, a, it's an act of worship. But when I go to work, I want to have the same sort of attitude in worship. This is, this is Jesus' work. I am here for him. I'm not here by accident. That sort of leads into the second thought. It says in serving Jesus, and our workplace is our central place or part of the center of us living on mission. If you're a follower of Jesus, on mission, it's not just about what I've got to do. I, um, I've told this story before, but Jeanette Simpson, who works for Coles, you might find this all a bit over the top and too much, but when she turns up to work, she doesn't. She reinterprets coals as souls. Okay, I don't want to use that word because it doesn't go straight over the top. But she <laughs> uses the word souls. Now, whatever you think of that, what a way to transform the way you turn up at coals tomorrow. And so God has. God's not. You and I are not in preparation for being sent. We're exactly where He wanted us to be. You are in the right person, in the right place, at the right time, right now. That you are. I am too. Right person, right place, right time, right now. It might not look spectacular. It might not look like you're Billy Graham if you've been around long enough to know who that is. But it's as mission field as he's ever been on in any platform on the world. Where you are, what you're doing right now is the appointed place of God and it's a mission field. It's not a place shift or a geography shift we need. It's just a paradigm shift in the way we think. You are exactly where you need to be and there are people in your workplace that uh, may be open, maybe not open yet, that are going to discover Jesus. I've told before about my good friend Dave Tankard and uh, Dave Tankard uh, works for Scripture Union. He teaches Scripture. He's the guy who brings Jesus into classrooms every week. Well, I used to be an Arnott's manager and Dave used to be a store manager. And I'd go into his store on Monday and he'd go, what revelation have you got for me today, Darren? His boss liked me and we would talk about the Bible, but Dave mocked me. Dave would come out the back and tell jokes. But today, he's serving Jesus like few people I know. Incredible guy, doing incredible work. Arnott's, I was waiting to get full-time as a pastor. But somehow I was working for a biscuit company, a great one. It's no substitute for quality. So, and in the middle of that job, which paid me better than you do, gave me a car. Oh, I can get a car. They, in the middle of that job, working out where Tim Tam sit in what they call a planogram, very distinguished position. In the middle of that, 
I was the right person in the right place at the right time. That's where I was. That's, who, that's what God did. Where you are is the right place. You are the right person. Now is the right time. It's not just a pep talk. It's the truth. And he's got you there. You were born. You will die. There are boundaries on your life. Somehow he's able to work the geography of our life that seems like an accident, maybe, even a mistake for some of us. But somehow you are in Tamworth where you are right at this time for a purpose greater than going to work, getting a check. Who gets a check? No one gets a check. If you lived in the Stone Age, if you've still got a checkbook, they've got a thing called ATMs. Actually, ATMs are nearly dead too. They've got things called online banking. Our workplace is our central mission field. I love it. You know, the Bible says, um, go into Jesus' last words. We're going to all the world and preach the gospel, you know, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all things. And, but, you know, the, the, they render that. There's a different rendering of that. Um, and and, and the, the, the commentators say, actually, how you can interpret that is, as you are going. Like, we don't have to be sent. It's just as we are going. And I love that. Your workplace is, there's more to it than meets the eye. Sunday is not the pinnacle of our week. It's, it's, it's important because it sets up Monday. It's important because we worship King Jesus. It's important because we build each other up. But it's not the pinnacle. It's the platform for the rest. A, a strong Sunday is essential to an effective Monday, but, but it's not the pinnacle of our week. And so um, you're the right person. Where you are is where it's at. You don't need to be sent. Um, one of my friends a few years ago said to me, um, Darren, do you think I should maybe in the future become a pastor? My first response is if he wanted to take a pay cut because he was very well paid. And my second response was, why would you do that? Not because it's the best, I mean, it's the best job on the planet, what I do. Lee knows because he's done it for 30 years. It's the best job on the planet, in my view, because I'm wired for it. I said, why would you do that? You reach people I'll never reach. You're way more effective in the community than I'll ever be. And you make a whole lot more money than I ever will. Like, that'd be crazy. And you know, he's had many friends in this church, led people to faith in Christ, done incredible things, helped lots of people, given lots away. You're the right person. You're in the right place at the right time. On mission, it's a paradigm shift, not a ge geographical one. Because your life speaks. Our lives speak, don't they? When we get it right, it speaks. It works. It, it's seed that God uses. Um, this, this next passage on the screen, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. Now, if you're a noisy person, that's not what it's saying. If you're animated, if you're out, if you're extroverted, if you're dancing around me while I'm just trying to stand there when we're worshipping, if, you, if you're doing that, it's not talking about that, obviously. You should mind your own business and work with your hands just as we told you. Verse 12. So that your daily life, listen to this, may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anybody, uh, uh, the, dependent on anybody you all get, but win the respect of outsiders. You can win the respect of outsiders in your sphere like I've got no hope in the world of. In fact, when Bron and I are somewhere and we have a conversation with someone, the one thing we both have learnt to do is to hold back what we do for a living. When someone asks me what I do for a living, I just move straight past it. I just keep asking them questions because I want to ask enough questions and build enough rapport before they hear that I'm a pastor because then, unless I've got enough rapport, they think I'm crazy. But you, you already have rapport. 
And the Bible says, let your daily life win the respect of outsiders. It's just the way we go about our work and win the respect of outsiders in, in ways that opens their heart to the God who's trying to reach them. Work done well gives us a platform to speak into people's lives. It, it gives people someone they can look at and see Jesus in some small way. And we want to be in that space. God uses work to do something. Uh, so another thought, God uses work to do something in us and to do something through us. We've sort of spoken about through us, but sometimes we're in a hurry to get where we're going, aren't we? I always am. I'm always on to the next thing and then I get there and I'm on to the next thing and you have to go, hang on a minute, the next thing is now what I was hoping to be. Why am I focused on that? So sometimes where we are is God's working in us. I, I started my first job when I was 12, I think. I did a milk run. Some of you don't even know what a milk run is. You guys even know what a milk run is, right? I used to sit on the side of the truck and it'd still be going. It's a cool job for a kid. And then it'd be still going and I'd jump off with my crate while it's still going. It's destroyed my left knee, but it was good at the time. 12 bucks a day, four hours, $3 an hour. Pouring rain, winter nights, dogs, you name it, for 12 bucks. That's how much we pay Mikey. You know, that, that started to form something in me, that job. It was way more important than the $12 pay. Just a work ethic, going when I didn't want to, working when it was cold, getting through the rain with a good spirit, all those things. The other kid on the thing used to sing, have the song Ghostbusters playing on his ghetto blaster, they used to call them in those days, people. It's a real thing, just in case you're wondering. No one should play that song, especially not in my hearing. But it did something. And then, then I worked for my uncle, maybe the hardest worker I've ever met. He was a landscaper. I'd work in all my school holidays, you know, and, and you'd get and you'd throw bricks to him and pavers. And, uh, and then I'd get in the rhythm and then he'd get stuck and I'd throw the paver. <laughs> hey! And yell out. And, and I did that and we'd start at seven in the morning. We'd go till it got dark at night. And in summer, who knows, that's a long day when you're outside working and you're as white and red as I am. That's a long day. But it, it built something in me. That's why, you know, the guys, I think it's part of the reason why everyone around here, if, if, if they're employed here, they work really, really hard. And, and just on that, if you, if, if you haven't decided to give God first honouring way, you're, that's good soil. It's God's principle, but it's good soil. The people around here work really, really, really hard. And so that was, God's working something in us. So I remember going to Arnott's and I learned how to manage people. Part-time workforce and, and in particular female workforce, which has got a different dynamic to a male workforce. And, and I learned that. I think I learned more about pastoring, working for Arnott's as a manager than I did about in being a youth pastor in my 20s, early 20s. Learned way more about it. God was working something in me. And I could go on and on. Where, where you're working, not only is he doing something um, from you and through you, but he, he's always doing something in you. I wonder what that is today. I wonder what right now as you think about your work, what is it that God's trying to do in you? If you ask that question, because he's up to something, he always is. It's, it's more than from you. It's more than through you. It's something in us. He's doing something. Something's going on. And, and there's more to your work than meets the eye. God, if you look at the, the pages of Scripture right across history, so much of what we see about people and how God's changing them, whether it's King David or Joseph in prison or working for Potiphar or whatever it might be, so often God is going to work through them as they work and he's doing something in them so that he can do something through them so that he can do something for them and whatever's going on in your life and through your work environment you know one of the reasons that we hired Mikey Barlow who is an incredible worker 
Mikey's he's an incredible worker, seriously. One of the reasons we hired Mikey, I remember sitting with him and he was having a huge struggle at work. We won't go into it, but you know, he, just, he wasn't getting treated that well. You can edit that out of the podcast. And um, it just wasn't. But you know what he said? He said, but I understand what I need to do, Darren. I understand that I need to honour God. I know I need to respect my boss. I know I need to push through it and have a great spirit. He didn't know. And at that moment, I thought, we should hire him. That was the moment. Just because he has an attitude at work. And what I know about me coming to that thought is maybe I had the thought, maybe I didn't, probably God gave it to me. God had already made a decision. And God was getting me ready for what God already knew was that how he worked in the workplace was how he would serve Jesus in this place. And so God's doing something through you. God's doing something in you. And that's powerful for us. Um, uh, so they're sort of whys, they're sort of whats. I want to talk to you with the minutes that we have. Let's think about the way we go about our work. This is what I love. The way we go about our work. Some thoughts. Number one, aim to be worth more than we're paid, not paid more than we're worth. You don't have to agree with me, but I think it's a good principle. I want to be... Paid more, no, sorry. I want to be worth more than I'm paid. That could be tricky if you got that one wrong. So many people want to be paid more than they're worth in reality, right? I mean, we'd all like to be paid a zillion dollars for doing nothing. But, but if I'm going to be a follower of Jesus, just being worth more than I'm paid, you go, well, how can that be? I think, you know, simple things like, um, you know, don't be the person who turns up on time or slightly late and leaves on time or slightly early. That's simple, isn't it? Can you see, no matter what my message, if that's how I come to work? No, no one's listening to that. They think I'm a joke, don't they? They think, mate, you're a Christian. You don't even come to work properly. If I'm going to be something, be the guy who arrives slightly early. Let's be the person who goes home slightly late. Why not? Go, well, Darren, I'm not getting paid. Who cares? I'm there for a higher purpose. I'm on mission. I've got a different paradigm. I'm not there because of the place. I'm there because of their souls. I mean, it's great. I want to do work I love and all that. But something, so, you know, be early, leave late if I I can. Just just be worth more than I'm paid. Have a a generous attitude. um, Be the person who arrives late. (laughs) Other way. You know what I mean. Number two, link to it, have a great work ethic. I think the Bible says this, um, we could look up scriptures that will tell us to have a great work ethic. Um, it's good for us. It builds a reputation. I think it pleases God. I mean, God loves us regardless, but a good work ethic pleases him and it gives him something to work with. Um, if, if, any, if anyone is going to be indispensable and nobody is, I can prove it if I die in the next few minutes. You'll, some of you will mourn for a little while. Some of you might not. You might think I got what I deserve. And um, I doubt it. No one would. They are. Scotty gets, does. But, but you know what would happen? Wouldn't take long. You'd sort it out. I'd, move, I'd die, in case you don't know what happens if I stop breathing. And I'd die, and you'd all move on. New pastor would come in. Done. Nobody's indispensable. But let's be as indispensable as anyone can be. When they're thinking about who needs to be put off or all those kinds of things, let it not be us. Uh, I'll just tell you a story because I believe in this. I'm not trying to give myself a rap. It's just the example I could think of on the run. 
when, in my 20s, I worked for dairy farmers uh, in Sydney at Lidcombe there. And um, they, they, they wanted to restructure their company and they were making five people, I think it was, redundant. And um, my uncles got to be on the top of the list because they were like union, you know, they were union men, let's say that. I come from a union background and, uh, and now I vote for the coalition and the conservatives. But anyway, they, um, we were there and uh, they said, yeah, these four guys can go but Darren can't. We want Darren to stay. And my uncle rang me and he said, hey, Daz, they've offered us the five redundancies. These four guys can take it, but they want you to stay. And so in those days, I wasn't as calm as I am now. I said, what do you mean they want me to stay? What's going on? I thought anyone could go. And he went, yeah, yeah, well, they want you to stay. Well, the thing is that they actually thought I was a decent worker. So, all right, we prayed. I was at Connect Group that night. We prayed the next day. I went back to work and they said, look, if that's what it takes, that's what we'll do. So I wasn't indispensable after all. Um, they needed to get their deal through. But we want to be in that sort of place. So I do. I want to be that sort of worker that I'm not, no one's indispensable, but hey, let's be as indispensable as anyone can be. If anyone's going to be promotable, let it be us. Let it be us. Let's be those kinds of people. And God can bless that. God can work with that. God can honour that. Um, have a great work ethic. The next thought here is make a commitment to better. Make a commitment to better. One of my favourite stories is a guy called Truett Cathy. Short Cathy is the um, founder of a company called Chick-fil-A. Uh, you won't know Chick-fil-A, maybe because they're only in the US. Um, but Chick-fil-A outsell KFC, Pizza Hut, Domino's, um, not McDonald's. They outsell all those companies in the US. Chick, uh, Kathy Truett, uh, Truett Cathy is a Christian. I mean, they still shut Sunday until church is finished in the South. Uh, they're quite vocal about their beliefs. And yeah, they're this huge company. Well, a bunch of years ago... He was sitting in a board meeting and all these younger guys are there with their, in those days, flip charts and plans to borrow like hundreds of millions of dollars and expand because their direct opponent was doing a big expansion plan. And then midway through the conversation, after hours of meeting, Truett Cathy, they said uncharacteristically, starts pounding the desk and he brings a room to quiet. And he says to them, listen, if we will get better, if we will get better, our customers will demand we get bigger. It's that simple. If we will get better, our customers will demand, if we will get better, our customers will demand we get bigger. And I think about that in life. I think that for you and I, just a commitment to better in our workplace, for the work that we do, just continue to just day by day get better and better, a commitment to that. I don't know that it means we'll get bigger, but it means that we're in the place where God can do something. It speaks volume to our employer when they see that we're the person turning up, just looking to be better. It speaks to them because who's doing that for their employer unless it's got a selfish motivation? Let's just say a commitment to better in our workplace. Where, where could you be better this week? Where could I be better this week? I'd like to use Mikey as an example of how you could be, not really, better this week. Where could you be better? How could we be better? How could it be a better employer? Some of you don't, you know, your employers. How could you be better to your staff? How could you be better to your managers? How could we be better? Because it helps point people um, to Jesus. Be the person God can open doors for. Be that person. Um, work is designed to be an opportunity for generosity. Ephesians 4.28 says, anyone who has been stealing, stealing, no, still no longer. I'm sure we're pretty good on that, but but must work, doing something useful with their hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Our work is meant to um, enable generosity. It's not just about me and my stuff. 
it's so that I can get something done. We have a deal in our house. If I mention any of my kids, they get five bucks. So I know that and I'm mentioning Bella today because Bella has a part-time job like three hours a week, I think. Sometimes it's six. And you know, one of the things she, she honours God with the um, first tenth. I was enjoying that too. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, Ola. Um, and uh, so Bella honours God. But then she said, oh, I've got the capacity. I should sponsor a child. Great. She'll only be blessed. The world of the generous, the Bible says, grows larger and larger. My work, your work, is meant to be about so much more than me and mine. It, the Bible says here it's, it's about enabling generosity, that I'll have something to give, something to share with those who are in need. I don't know what you know. Australians now live in the largest homes in the world. In the world. We're ahead of America now. If you've got a home of 214 squares, you live in the largest home in the world. And I know some of you do, Daniel. 214, or maybe not now, you've moved. 214 squares, largest homes in the world. Whatever the case, whether you live in a small Australian home or a large Australian home, you and I live in some of the largest homes in the world. If you own a car, you live in the top 8% of the world. The vast majority of humanity, when they think rich, you're their image. The challenge for us is, we think rich, we compare to someone down the road from us, but for a few billion people, we are the rich. We are the people. We have something to give to the poor. One billion people have no clean water today. My kids have to tell me to turn the water off, sorry. Not really, I'm still going to do it. One billion people, 800 million people won't eat today. And about one billion people earn less than a dollar a day. wonder if you've got more than a dollar on your credit card today. Wonder if you've got more than a dollar in your pocket, even though we never carry cash. I haven't. We are the richest people in the world, and the Bible says, hey, if you have a job, remember you've got, you, be generous with it. Share with the needy. Your work, there's more to it than meets the eye. Most of us can do something for someone. Work's designed to be an opportunity for generosity, and as we wrap, just staying thankful. It's easy to start out thankful for a job. When you started the current job you were in, how thankful were you? Oh man, I was so thankful. I was a pastor for a bunch of years before I ever got to be full-time. I remember the day I went full-time. I was like, what? You're going to pay me to do this? It was the best feeling. But I want to stay thankful. And you know what you do? I wonder, you know, you're still thankful. You're still thankful for your employer. Let's, let's be the kind of people who just stay thankful. And then I want to share this last scripture as we wrap. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Your work in the Lord. So let's take everything I've just talked about. Let's pull it in. And whatever our work in the Lord, we bring the same spirit, the same idea, that our work is part of our worship, that our workplace is central to our mission, that our work well done gives us a platform to speak into people's lives and for them to see something. God uses work to do something in us and do something through us. Remember, more important than what we do is the way we do it. The way we do it. Everything suddenly has meaning. We bring a great work ethic to it, where we work in the work of the Lord. Make a commitment to better in the work we do and the work of the Lord. Never make it about me the work we do and the work of the Lord or me above 
everything else. And work is designed to be an opportunity for generosity. You and I have an incredible opportunity to serve Jesus with our work every day. When you wake up tomorrow, it's a fresh opportunity. It's a brand new day. And we get to go into a workplace that provides for our households, serve and honour and worship Jesus with it. It's an opportunity to impact people's lives. I wonder one day, I wonder one day if Caleb McCrindle will head up the entire ambulance service across New South Wales, wherever he is. I wonder one day a guy like that. I wonder if he will. What might God do with your life? Where might he take it? What might he do with it? Why don't you stand with me? What a great thing to have work. What a great thing to have a job, have a business. Some of you have got degrees. I thought it'd be good if we just right now, you can do it under your breath, but we're going to close our eyes if you're comfortable with that. I wonder if right now, if you have any sort of work, now I'm not saying don't look for the next job that God has for you, where it's taking you, but if you've got work today, whatever it is, why don't we just give him thanks for a moment? Some of you are comfortable, so you can say it loudly. Some of you are uncomfortable. You can whisper it or you can say it in your mind. But why don't we just give him thanks just for a moment together and pray in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for work. We thank you for your provision in our lives. That it means, Lord, those of us who have work are not, Lord, humbled by the reality for so many that there's no work. And Father, tonight in this room, there'd be people with no work or or work that's really just like Mikey was. It, It wasn't working for them. We pray that you would miraculously turn up on their behalf. Lord, you just reveal to them, Lord, what it is you want them to do, whether to stay and grow or whether to, you know, up and go, whatever it is, God, whatever you've got for them, we pray. And God, we pray for our workplace. Help us to see it with your paradigm. See as you see, feel as you feel, act as you would act in the place where we work. And Heavenly Father, we pray for your presence, your supernatural presence to go before us and surround us, to shut doors and open doors in the workplace, to open people's hearts in the workplace to what it is you are looking to get done. And so we pray for every person as they live out, Lord, your scriptural pattern, that you would bless the work of their hands. Father, we pray for businesses today affected by the drought that you would miraculously, supernaturally bless the work of their hands, God. We know what the numbers say. We know the money gone out of the economy, but you are greater than that. So we pray for supply. We pray for the miraculous, God. We thank you that you are well able to provide over and above anything we ask, think, or imagine. So we pray for that in Jesus' name. And finally, again tonight, God, we pray for rain for our region. We pray for the rains from heaven that are given by you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring faith or a follower of Jesus, there is a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued, and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to northwestchurch.com.au. And thanks again for listening.